Welcome to Belfast City Vineyard, where we are pursuing formation in the presence of Jesus, community gathered around him, and the impact he empowers us to bring in our families, city, and the world. The following message was given at one of our Sunday services. For more information, visit our website at BelfastCityVineyard.com. My name's Andy, part of the team here. Just as Harmony said, it is really hard to believe that this is home. And if this is your first Sunday with us, you're incredibly welcome. Welcome home. Uh, and if you missed last Sunday, our, our big first service in, you were missed. And again, welcome home to you. Um, if you are brand new, you are so, so welcome. And uh, if it's your first Sunday, you're welcome. We hope it's not your last with us. So please uh, begin to feel at home with us. Between now and Easter, we want to take some time to talk through a few things to help us settle into this new space. Then we're going to celebrate Easter together, uh, and then we're going to pick up our sermon series on the Gospel of Mark that we got halfway through and then push pause because we had the little matter of moving in here to do. Um, and we're going to then preach all the way through the rest of the Gospel of Mark. So that's a preview of coming attractions. Again, if you're new here, um, it's going to give you a feel uh, for who we are and what we've always been reaching for as a community as we do these kind of who, who are we, what are we reaching for here. So we'd be excited if you'd uh, come back and journey that with us. If you're not new, you've been around for ages, it's going to be a reminder of all of those things that we're called to uh, as we step into this new chapter of our lives together here. And uh, the truth is, we're all new here. We're all new in this space, and we need to follow uh, the leading of the Spirit as to how we are to be in this new season and how we are to occupy this space, how to take who we've always been our unique values and the way that God's called us to be as BCV and meet this moment and walk with him into the future. So uh, we're all kind of new in that and it really is a threshold time. Um, we have just stepped out of our past experience and we're stepping into the new things that God has for us but we're not still fully settled here. Um, this was the first week we uh, worked here as a staff team and I just remember coming here every day, working, and just like thinking that someone was going to kick me out of here or something like that, that you know, we were renting and weren't supposed to be here during the week. So it's just, we're at this strange threshold time. And I want to take us to Joshua chapters 3 and 4 this morning, where the people of God are also at a threshold time. In those chapters, they're about to cross the River Jordan uh, and step from a wilderness, wandering life into a promised homeland, settled life. Uh, they're on this threshold. And I spoke from these verses a couple of weeks ago, but wanted to focus on a particular part of this story. I think it's for us now to think about and will help us. It's something uh, that reminds, um, will remind us of what God has done for us as we look at what the people of God went through. And we saw God have them do something really, really specific that would remind them of how he had delivered them and also point them towards the future in real strength. And it does it in such a way that reminds them that they are a people that are stewarding a legacy. They're to steward what they have from God and they're to be part of his story and what he's doing and then pass that on to the generations that will come after them. So we're gonna use the story of the people of God to help us respond to the moment 
we are in. All right, so let's look at some context, and we're talking about pick up your stone. Hopefully, you won't pick one up for real and throw it at me or something like that, uh, but it'll become clear in just a second. And you can read Joshua, you can read the whole thing at home, but you can read, certainly read chapters three and four at home to get the full flavor, but I'll do my best to give you a brief summary. Uh, chapters three and four is when the Lord tells Joshua, it's time, it's time to go into the promised land. Um, and the priests, they carry the Ark of the Covenant, which was this golden chest with a throne kind of thing on top, and God's presence dwelt right there. They were to take this Ark of the Covenant, and they were to step into the river first, uh, and then, they, then the water would recede, and the priests carrying the Ark were to stand in the middle of the river, and as long as they were there, the waters would be held back, and the river would part, and the people would go through as if on dry land. And so that is what is happening here. And as soon as the priest then came up out of the riverbed, the, water, the river came back to, into being and flowed as normal. And it was a sign of the power of God that he is with his people. It was a sign to the nations that Yahweh, King of Kings, was with these people that are now here. Uh, but here's what the Lord told them to do in the midst of all of this. You can look at verses 2 and three of Joshua chapter four. Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. Okay, so that's Joshua two and three. And so the Lord tells Joshua to pick someone from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, to pick up a stone and carry it with them, okay? And so 12 men are chosen from each tribe, and they, they do what they're told, and they carry it to the other side, and why on earth are we doing this? Well, you can see in verses six and seven, um, this is to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off, before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So that's what happens, and they do it. And then Joshua sets up the stones as a memorial where they entered the Promised Land, a place called Gilgal. Gilgal. And there's strong evidence in the rest of the scriptures uh, that the people of Israel returned to Gilgal throughout their history, and they held festivals there of worship and remembrance. In other words, it became a place of pilgrimage where future generations came annually to remember and to teach their children about how they came to be there and what the Lord had done for them. And generations later, in the book of Amos and Hosea, those two prophets, you can see them mentioning Gilgal as a place of pilgrimage. So it was something that was alive and well in the memory and life of Israel. Well, what does this have to do with us? Well, um, remembering fuels legacy. In verses 21 and 22 of chapter four, it says this, Joshua says to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. 
For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he'd done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. So God's people were at a threshold place. They were at an ending and a beginning all at the same time. And the Lord wanted them to continually remember his goodness to them, his provision for them, and for them to know that they are part of a story that they inhabit, but is far bigger than they are. So he commanded them to do something tangible in the real world that marks an end and a beginning. And he commanded them to pass that story on to their children and their children's children and beyond. He's commanding them to steward a legacy that they are a part of and to make sure it gets passed down. And the collection of stones and the shaping of the memorial and the returning to that place year after year helps them steward the memory of his provision and it helps them move forward in faith at every step. It's not just a journey of nostalgia, it's far more. It's a way for the nation to remember who they are, who God is, what he's done for them, that they are now home and that they should occupy that space and continue to meet new and fresh challenges full of faith and obedience to the God that provided for them and did all of this. They do not face the future alone or empty-handed. By remembering, they can receive faith and hope and joy and confidence in God for them as a people. See, remembering fuels legacy, which overflows then into the future. And even as the nation would change shape as it moved into the promised land, uh, as generation would pass to generation, they would be able to remember who they are, remember who God is, remember what their mission is, and that he is profoundly with them. And we're at a similar moment. This building is a profound blessing. And we don't worship the building, we worship Jesus. And we're not going to go get a pile of rocks from Cave Hill and come down here and build a, well, maybe we should, I don't know. Be... <laughs> but we all did a profound thing together as a church family. We gave sacrificially. We felt like we were led to the Lord here. We gave sacrificially and generously, and we bought this place, and we renovated it because we felt like God said, do that. Now, it was discerned, and for a long period, and over time, and amongst a group, you know, I just, you know, didn't lock myself in my bedroom and dream that up one day, you know, but we felt together like the Lord had this for us. And moving forward, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a home, a functional but beautiful space for us to settle in and, and participate in the mission of Jesus here, but it will also be a reminder that fuels legacy, that once we were a wandering church and had no home, but the Lord gave us a home, and he has more for us in this place. And we are already stewarding a legacy of blessing and provision and faithfulness of God to us as BCV from our story, from the, the vineyard story. This quote from John Wimber is something that's really important to us as a church community at different times in our history. John Wimber, founder of the vineyard, said most of us all our lives have been eating fruit from trees we didn't plant. Somebody had the foresight and was willing to plant and establish these things so later generations would have the benefit. You know, part of who we are is we, especially in the last decade, have just recognized that, that we've just been eating fruit from trees we didn't plant. But also that has inspired us to want to take what we've given, 
give our lives, been given, give, give our lives to that and see that our children and their children and their children's children have something more. They have a legacy that we've stewarded and passed on and there's a momentum because of our faithfulness in this moment that will hit people we never even meet because we're long gone. We've been eating fruit from trees we didn't plant, so that's really important to us. Speaking of trees we didn't plant, I have a photograph that I found, and it's a very old photograph. And if you recognize what that is, I found it in a closet back there, it just kind of fell out of things. That's them planting that big tree out there in the front of the building. And if you can't, you know, if you came in in a bit of a blur because you didn't have enough coffee and the kids were going crazy and things like that and you didn't register there's a giant tree out there, I have deep sympathy for you um, because that would be something that I would do um, after you can go out and, and you can go out and see. You know, it's... We're also stepping into the story of this place. Something's been happening here for a long time. These walls contain the cries and the prayer and the worship and the mission and the sacrifice for the last 67 years. And we're stewarding something that others contended for now. And it's outlived them. And it's never been clear that we are part of something bigger than us. We've been directed by the Lord. And every time we walk through these doors, let us remember these threshold days and how the Lord was with us and how we're part of God's legacy here and may it fuel our faith and our risk and our sacrifice as we build something that will be stewarded by the generations to come. How we think about these times affects the choices we're going to make because you build differently when you think about legacy. When you're not thinking about legacy, it's kind of like, well, what's the best I can get out of it? And I'm not even thinking about who will come after me. But when you're thinking about legacy, it's about how can I steward what I have well? so the others go further faster than I ever could. And it affects how you build things. Will we choose to keep investing in legacy here? Will we choose to plant a few trees? And how might we do that? Well, a few quick ones might be by being fully present. It doesn't just stop all the contending and all the wrestling and all the prayer and all the just good old-fashioned showing up is what Steve said. It's faithfulness. It doesn't stop because we now have a nice home. We now have something to steward and be really, really present to what the Lord is doing in here. So will we do that? Will we do that? Will we give regularly and generously? And will you continue to do that or start to do that if you haven't been able to? And some of us... Just to be really honest, we needed to see this before we were ready to give, and so now's time. Other of us, uh, you know, we've just kind of joined up, um, but will you worship by giving regularly here, and by using what the Lord has blessed you with to plant a few trees? Another thing is serving, but not serving from a guilt or, you know, we've got empty spaces on a road and somebody's got to do it point of view, uh, but serving from a legacy point of view. Now it's true, pandemic hit hard, we need to rebuild nearly every team we have. 
from hospitality to kids to sound to worship and also as we begin new things that the Lord has for us now that we are home here, there'll be just way more opportunities and stuff like that to serve and we can think about that from a posture of pressure and guilt and who wants to ever do that but we could also think about it from the point of view of legacy. Like, am I gonna choose to be present? And what do I wanna see here? And am I willing to put skin in the game and serve? And we could do that. So will we do that? Um, and if you're like, I will do that, then now is the time. I'm ready to do that. You can talk to me, you can email info at belfastcityvineyard.com and um, we can certainly get you serving. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot personally. And so I am journeying through how can I serve in kids once a month. We've got a great preaching team now. They're really, really good, um, which is a, a double bonus because it means you don't have to listen to me drone on all the time. And I can go hang out with kids and see what legacy might be built there. And I would encourage you to join with me in thinking about how you can plant a legacy here in kids, in youth, in some other part of this story. All right. Well, let's talk about how there's no going back. No going back. Uh, I was really drawn to verse 18 of Joshua chapter 4. It says, And the priests came up out of the river, carrying the ark of the covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet in the dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. So imagine, you know, the children of Israel cross over. That's crazy. Um, a river parted, right? And uh, they gather on the far shore. Um, they're on this threshold of the new land that they're to occupy. Uh, and, but, like, they weren't sure how that was going to happen. They just knew they were supposed to. Um, and so they're kind of like, what do we do now? We've crossed over, and this is strange. But then the priests come up out of the riverbed, and then the waters go right back. And then there's a big river from where they were. And the realization must have hit them that there's no going back. It's only forward. It brought, it brought me um, to a place uh, where, you know, I came into this building kind of weekly, just, you know, along with Alan and others to have site meetings and, and do all the stuff. So I was kind of in here a lot. And I remember a couple of times in being in the building and walking in and realizing they ripped the organ out or they tore something apart major. And I just remember having this feeling just grip my chest. And it's like, they can't put that back together again. <laughs> and I was kind of hit by the scale of everything couple of times I was like, what have we done? What have we done? Realizing there's no going back. And you're probably sitting here like, why would you want to go back, right? Like, this is great, right? It is great. But it's funny when you have options, right? When you have options, you think about opting. And when there's no going back, it really focuses the mind. And for Joshua and God's people, the waters were now separating them from the wilderness road back to Egypt. And it meant it was time to go forward with a new mindset. There wasn't any going back. No going back to the wilderness. No going back to Egypt. No going back to a slavery mindset. Uh, there's, uh, the only way forward was without fear and trust led by the living God. And to do that, some things probably needed to be left at the water's edge. 
and not brought with them into the promised land, the homelessness, the wandering of the wilderness, the, the slave mentality of Egypt, the complaint and the doubt of the wilderness, even the manna and the quail of the wilderness, that, all that needed left at the, at the river's edge. And the memorial stones were a reminder to them. This is where God moved. This is where he brought you in. This is where he delivered you. But what if they were also a reminder that this is also where you left some things behind? There's some baggage that you're not going to want to take with you. And we're at a similar threshold moment as well, and we've talked about this before. But on our second Sunday in now, it's pretty real. There's some things we don't want to bring with us on this leg of the journey as a church, as individual followers of Jesus. And what if we use this passage in this moment to do some deep reflection and honest seeking of the Lord about what he is asking us to leave behind as we move into a new time? Cynicism, isolation, fear, anxiety, apathy, addiction, distractions, anger, we live in a very angry time. And a lot of us don't even know what we're angry about. My personal opinion is a lot of us, myself included, we, we had a plan for how life would go. And the pandemic hit and, and everything's just different and broken and weird. And that's just coming out as anger all over the place. Maybe we want to leave some of that behind. Maybe it's unforgiveness, entitlement, bitterness. Maybe there's an unreconciled relationship that we don't want to move into this new time without reconciling that relationship. Maybe we've been hurt, and we don't want to carry that hurt into this new time, and it's time for healing. What if we get to leave some things at the water's edge? What if we get to leave some things at the feet of Jesus? And if you want to do that, there's prayer, which we'll be doing in a few minutes. There's pastoral support. There's connections to uh, professional counseling. All those things are wonderful and helpful. Some things we might need to take on, things like habits we engage in, like prayer and engaging in community and worship and the scriptures that break things off of us and form new things in us. They help us walk easier in the way of Jesus, and we're here to help. We want to help, and if we can help, we'd love to help. And just as there's things we don't have to bring with us, there might be things we want to pick up and some new things. Community, new and refreshed rhythms of friendship with Jesus that help us experience his love and care. Things like hope and freedom and peace and holiness and engagement and openness to the Holy Spirit and worship. Things like purpose and leadership and confidence and restoration and healing and generosity, to name a few things that we might want to just re-engage with and not leave at the water's edge. And what if we left some things behind and received new provision for a new place and a new time and move forward together building a legacy for the future? And I just had a sense for some of us, um, we've never ever given our full yes, our full commitment to Jesus. We've kind of liked him and been around him and been around his people and have just kind of been around, but we've never given a full yes to him. 
and decided to walk in his way and to become his follower and to put our faith in him. And I just had a sense, if that's you, we are so delighted that you're with us and you've been journeying with us, you've been journeying with Jesus. I just had a sense that moving into this new season, it, it's time to give him your full yes. And you'll have a chance to do that at the end. Also, you know, Harmony mentioned the marriage course. And I just wanted to say uh, and invite you to do a really brave thing by uh, signing up for the marriage course. It, it doesn't mean you have broken marriage if you sign up for the marriage course. Um, all marriages are wonderful and all marriages are hard, okay? And again, I just have a sense that for married couples here today, there's probably some things that need to be left at the water's edge to move into a new season. It's a new time, it's a new moment. And doing this course could be a chance to do a couple of things. To leave behind some of the hard things that have caused pain uh, and find some healing, which every marriage, even the best marriages, need from time to time. And to build a legacy. Because loving and lasting and faithful, faith-filled marriages steward and build legacy like nothing else. They do it in amazing and powerful ways. And so if you're thinking about it, or even if you're not thinking about it, maybe you should think about it. What if you signed up? And what if you invested in your marriage and stewarded a legacy that's going to impact your kids and your grandkids and their marriages and the marriages beyond that? So just, you might want to think about that. So lastly, uh, I want to talk about who is your tribe. Who's your tribe? Um, look back with me at verses 2 and 3 of Joshua 4. Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe. Okay? And as I studied the passage, I couldn't get the question, who is your tribe out of my head? So these 12 men, one from each tribe of the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, is given the honor and the responsibility to represent their tribe and to do an important task. And they take responsibility for their tribe, their people, so that legacy can be stewarded and the people can move forward. And I have a sense that just as these men represented their tribes, there is an invitation to all of us, men, women, even children, to represent our tribes and to take responsibility in this moment. See, we all represent tribes. Might be your biological family, might be a friendship group, might be the place that you serve or lead here in BCV, might be a tribe or group that isn't here yet, but the Lord wants to bring here and wants us to care for and welcome. And so it's a group or a person or a people group on your heart. And what if we, on behalf of our tribe, picked up a stone? We took action on their behalf, decided to be a weight bearer, an includer, a gatherer, to ensure everyone that the Lord's bringing with us and adding to us actually makes it across the river, across the threshold. You know, the pandemic and the strange way we had to do church in the last couple of years has meant uh, there's been great resilience and, and, and lots of other wonderful things as BCV adapted and all that stuff. Um, but that it's also meant that there's been frustrations and hurt and mistakes 
and just the cost of constant bewildering change. All that has just stacked up and hit us hard. And I can't deny that or hide that or pretend like that isn't the case. And we all need a time of healing and regrouping and rebuilding and by the Lord's grace, he is giving that to us. But my sense is that all of us are being invited in this new moment to take responsibility for our tribe and to make sure everybody makes it across. So who's your tribe? Who might you bear weight for? Who might you look out for? Who might you um, lead and be a catalyst for? Is it an individual family or families? Is it kids and kids ministry? Is it youth? Is it a kind of our young adults group and cohort? Is it worship? Is it those who are over 65? Is it those who live in these streets all around us? Those with additional needs, those who are feeling like there is no community, those who are wrestling with grief and long-term suffering? Is it those who are not yet following Jesus? Is it the newcomer? Is it the stranger? Is it the vulnerable? Is it the creatives? Is it men in the form of men's ministry or women in the form of women's ministry? Is it life groups? Is it hospitality? Is it welcome? Is your tribe a group that we haven't even dreamt yet, but the Lord wants here and is bringing here, and he's laying that tribe on your heart to be the forerunner for and the person who forges ahead and pays the costs so it paves a way for others to be here. And what if part of the joy in this season and the healing that we all need in this season is being looked out for and carried a bit and loved and prayed for and being pastored? But what if part of our healing is also us doing that for others? Remembering that we have a purpose and deciding that in this tribe of tribes called BCV, we're gonna take responsibility and we're gonna take action and we're gonna give and we're gonna serve and we're gonna be present and we're gonna help everyone God is calling find a home and a voice and their place here. I just wanna end with this and then we'll pray. Just wanna say again, I am really proud of you, really proud of you. You've journeyed through thick and thin. And I love and I'm so impressed by how you walk in the way of Jesus. And so let's keep going. Let's see what miracles and wonders and joys and blessings that he has for us and our children and their children and their children. And let's remember these threshold times. And let's not miss this moment. Let's steward this legacy. Let's do our part. Let's let these stones be a memorial to us. To remember but not retreat. Let this place and our remembering of the goodness of the Lord move us forward in faith and hope and love. Let it lead us to take responsibility and to give our yes to the Lord today and every day. A yes that will echo far beyond us. A yes that will impact the lives of those we'll probably never meet, but who will thank the Lord that the people of BCV in the year 2023 did all they could to serve and to give and to dream 
and to steward legacy so that they could do more and have more and see more of the kingdom of God in their midst than they ever thought possible. Why don't you stand? In a moment, uh, there's gonna be a prayer ministry team up here, um, but, uh, so they'll come in just a second, but I just wanted to leave a moment and just leave a little bit of space for us to respond to the Holy Spirit as part of our vineyard legacy, vineyard heritage, where we leave space for the Holy Spirit to move amongst us. And you probably sensed his presence in the worship, um, in the community, in the fellowship time before and during the service. Maybe as we opened the scriptures together, he sensed his presence, but he wants to touch and minister to us now. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite your presence. Jesus, we want to give you a yes that will echo down through generations. So for each person here, would you show us what that yes looks like in this season? And we know that part of a a yes to you means letting you have your way. And so, Lord, would you begin to highlight the things that you want us to leave at the water's edge? So, Jesus, we, we want to know from you what, we're, what we can lay down at your feet. And again, as I mentioned before, I just have a sense that there's some of us, we can, there's a lot of anger. And there's an invitation from Jesus to do some work. And it may not all be fixed like magic today, but this could be a first step today. Anger and bitterness. So Jesus, we confess and repent. And just as I'm praying for us, feel free for the things that the Holy Spirit is bringing up in your heart that you know needs to stay at the water's edge. Just begin to, just begin to lay those things down in your heart. For some of you, the Lord's presence is beginning to feel like a bit of a weight and maybe even some tears are coming. That's okay. It's just the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's really normal when God's people gather in his presence and worship him. He, He wants to meet with us. And that's what's happening, starting to happen around the room. Others of you, I just had a sense that um, as you've been in this building and the the mix of old and new, you're remembering the church of your childhood. And like you can't get that out of your mind. And what you're seeing are the faces of all those people that were like alive and well in that community and served you. I just had a sense that Jesus is bringing that up for you because he's calling you to be that person for others. So I just bless in the name of Jesus, godly heritage that is on so many of your lives. There's legacy of service and mission and sacrifice and prayer and worship on so many of your family lines. And we just honor that. We honor that, that the churches in this city and on this island 
did good work in the name of Jesus. And it is, those legacies are still on your family lines and they're on you, so I just bless you with the strength of the Lord to carry on and to carry on in this place. So Lord, let your power come on these men and women and let the legacies of godly, godly men and women that went before them just impact them now in this day. So just receive what the Holy Spirit has for you. It's on your family line. And then I just felt like there's people here that one of the cries of your heart is actually hopelessness, like you've lost your hope and the thing that you want most. And I believe the thing that Jesus wants to give you to carry into this new season is hope. It's hope. So Holy Spirit, would you come and plant hope in our hearts? And where we've been hopeless, where, whether that's through hurt or pain or grief or whatever that is, would you let the hope of the resurrection of Jesus come and would you plant a deep, deep seed in our hearts? Come, let your hope come. And for those that just can't even dare hope again, I just pray that supernaturally the hope and love of the Father would be poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. There's others of you that you need to give your full yes to Jesus, and if that's you, I want to encourage you in a second to come up and get prayer, but I'd love it uh, if that thing about who is your tribe spoke to you. I want to pray for you, and I want to actually ask you to be bold and to make a statement and, you know, to come up, just to come up here. I've got this nice, lovely space up here now. And it, wouldn't it be wonderful to do our first kind of big ministry time up here? But I feel like you're to, you've felt the, the, the unction of the Lord, to use an old-fashioned word. And you know the tribe that's in your heart. And you know the Lord's speaking to you. So if that's you, I just want to invite you forward and I want to pray over you. And then a team will come and pray over you. So we spent a lot of money. It's really nice up here, so you can just come. It's great. Don't be bashful. Um, I'm here. Yeah. So if you feel the Lord speaking to you about a particular tribe, it's time to pick up your stone and come. And it could be anything. I'm hoping there's some that we, we, we haven't even heard of this yet. And the Lord is speaking to you about. planting names, he's planting faces, he's planting people groups in your heart. And to have a sense, some of you are like, I haven't even been around here that long. I don't even know if this is legal. It's totally legal. <laughs> so Lord, would you lay your power on these people? Thank you for the courage and their boldness to name something and to do something about it. I firstly pray for really creative ideas. I 
And I pray for breakthroughs. I pray for um, obstacles to fall, ways to be made where there are no ways, connections with the right people that you are just, you've got a cohorts of people that you're waiting. And now, Lord, these people are giving you their yes. So, Lord, would you bestow them with power and freedom and hope and creativity? And would you strengthen them? And would you protect them? As they're stepping up to bear weight in your kingdom, would you prevent the enemy from wrecking it through illness or obstacles or mischief? We say no to that. Lord, would you put your hedge of protection around these men and women as they boldly step forward? Come, Lord Jesus, and empower them. And may we, in weeks and months ahead, see the fruit of this yes, and may it last through generations. So, Lord, as they pick up their stones and as they represent their tribes, would we do the same? Come, Holy Spirit. If I could invite the prayer ministry team forward, we have some folks to pray for up here. Also, if you would like to be prayed for about anything, physically, emotionally, spiritually, if you would like to give your full yes to Jesus, we'd love to pray for you. Um, we're going to formally close here. There's tea and coffee. Don't forget to collect your children. But if you are on the prayer ministry team or you're on the staff team or your life group leader, would you come and start praying for somebody here? That would be super, super helpful. God bless you. And if you miss the moment to come up, you can come up later. That's okay. You can come now. So I, I have a sense there's a couple of you that you were like, I just didn't want to do the walk up there. Wasn't ready for that. But if you want to come now, that's totally fine. So God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. Again, don't forget your children. Enjoy some tea and coffee. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For all the latest information about what's happening in the life of our church, or if you have any questions or comments, head over to BelfastCityVineyard.com.